All right, so she who dwells in this secret place. This is from Psalms 91. She who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So I picked this picture that's up here because I think it looks, to me, it looks like a restful place. And it looks like a place that I would like to live. And what you can't see is that it has a full garden full of flowers. It has a library that's a reading room with books on every side and comfy couches to read in. It's actually near the beach so that you can take a walk on the beach. And it has horses. (laughs) And it has guest room for all of you to come visit me. (laughs) Oh, that's my dream house. Um, And I hit it again. Joe, just wave at me. (laughs) All right, so um, today I want to talk about this scripture, um, She Who Dwells in This Secret Place, because I know for a lot of you this last year has been incredibly tough. Incredibly tough. And I know that in my own life I have gone through some very, very difficult things um, financially where we couldn't pay our bills, Physically, I got in a bicycle accident that thrashed my back and I was couldn't sit or stand for more than five minutes at a time. So I've been through long-term pain and recovering through that and the physical therapy. And emotionally, even since I've been here in Baltimore, my mom had cancer. Uh, my sister went through a terrible divorce and I had a very close friend that died very young. And life is hard. Life is really hard sometimes. And all of us go through this journey of life where we hit these times where it's so overwhelming and it feels like someone just came up and hit you and knocked you to the ground. And I've even had the experience personally, which I know some of you have experienced as well, of laying down lifelong dreams that you had for your life because God asked you to. That's hard. Stuff is hard. And so a lot of these things that I personally went through were very piercing. And sometimes the pain stayed with me for years. And then other times I managed to, it still hurt and it was still difficult, but I managed to get through it with joy and peace. And the difference is, was dwelling in the presence of God. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. So dwell means to sit and stay. Which I think for a lot of us that's really hard. To find the time, to make the time, to choose to take the time. But it does, it means sit and stay. So what makes this possible for us to dwell in God's presence? First of all, it's forgiveness. Right? Acts 13, 19 through 20 says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then, times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. It all begins in that moment of salvation, right? Because sin is what separates us from God's presence. And then when we have that moment where we decide that, yes, I know that Jesus died for my sins. I'm sorry that I I sinned. I want to have that relationship with God. And we have that moment. Then the separation is gone. And we have the opportunity to come before God. So salvation, forgiveness of sins is the first key. That's the first step to doing this. 
The next thing is right living. Right living is what makes it possible for us to dwell in God's presence. The message has a fun translation for Psalms 15. It says, God, who gets invited to dinner at your place? How do we get to be on your guest list? Walk straight, act right, tell the truth, don't hurt your friends, don't blame your neighbor, despise the despicable, keep your word even when it costs you, make an honest living and never take a bribe. So right living is what gets us invited to God's dinner table. How fun is that? I wonder what kind of food God makes. I bet he's an awesome chef. (laughs) Um, Isn't it true that if you are not in right standing with someone, it's uncomfortable to be with them? I mean, have we all experienced it? Probably mostly in middle school (laughs) where things get tough and you see that person and everything inside you wants to crawl up in a ball and hide or you just feel so awkward. We can do that with God. If we're not living right, we can feel that awkwardness with God, and that's not going to make you want to go and sit and stay in his presence. So right living is so important. So what what do we get? Um, I'm sorry. What do we get when we dwell with God? There's a lot of promises in the Bible, a lot of promises about what happens and and if you want a quick quick shot at reading some of these psalms is great you can see david's own journey through emotions and through difficulties um so i want to go on a little bit further from psalms 91 where it says he will cover you with his feathers he will shelter you with his wings his faithful promises are your armor and protection so that's one of the promises that are there and i've always loved that word picture of God covering me with his feathers and me just being cozy in there. So I thought I would share a couple pictures with you. You see the baby? (laughs) And then there's this one. She's got four of them in there, all tucked up under the wing. You see all the legs? (laughs) They're all hiding under mommy's wings. (laughs) This one is so cute. And my favorite, they're asleep, cuddled under mommy's mommy's wings. So I thought this was the image that the Bible gives of that is so has always stuck out for me. And then when I looked these up, it was even more helpful of just that idea of being cozy and warm and cuddled and protected. And you know, Mama's also going to be providing everything that these babies need. And that's the picture that David wrote about God, which is so amazing. So to go on with this, what happens to us when we dwell in God's presence? The first thing is we get peace. Proverbs 1.33 says, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. That's pretty amazing to think about feeling that way, living in peace, untroubled by fear of harm, because... When we actually dwell in God's presence, when we sit and stay and remain in God's presence, we actually have the opportunity of allowing God to speak to us and give us peace. Sometimes that takes a while, but that's a promise that God gives us of we get peace in the middle of crazy. We get personal growth. John 5, 5 says, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
those who remain, this is the same word as dwell, in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Personal growth is a hard one. How many here like personal growth? Not many people like it. Someone raised their hand. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) But sometimes when we get into that times of prayer with God, we can grow in a couple ways. We can grow by just recognizing that we are incapable of getting peace and joy and managing things on our own. Or when it's really difficult, God may point something out in us and say, sweetheart, you got to take care of this. This is really where the unrest and everything is coming from. So take care of it. Let me help you. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I and them will produce much fruit. That means fruit in your life. Seeing fruit in the lives of other people too. It's a powerful scripture. Another thing is direction. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. This is one that I'm really good at, right? We're bad at. Because I get an idea in my head and I'm off. I can, I'm good at making lists and plans and coming up with how to make it all work. But sometimes... It's not what God has for me at that time. Or maybe it's something that he's shown me, but it's not for now. And so I can easily go charging off with this idea, and I get impatient when it's not working, and it's, oh, it's so frustrating. But if I trust in God with my whole heart that he cares about my life, that he cares about my future, if I don't depend on the things that I see around me, And if I seek him, if I dwell in him, then he will show me what path to take. He'll show me where to go. How awesome would it be if we could all just go where God wants us to go and not deal with all the other stuff? Because I've dealt with the other stuff and it's not nice. (laughs) So dwelling in God's presence helps us with that. We feel God near to us is another thing. Psalms 145, 18. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. I know that one of the things that is difficult is a lot of times we go through life and we don't feel like God's there. You're in different places, you're going through different hard stuff, and it feels like you're alone. But here, the Lord is close when you call on him. To all who call on him. The next thing is, it reminds us of who God really is. Right? It brings perspective. It reorients us like a compass. So a good example, I don't know if you guys have noticed this before, but this is, it kind of is hilarious to me. But it's such a good example of this getting reoriented when we're in God's presence. It's Psalms 93, and it starts out with David just telling God how frustrated he is I'll read part of it. It says, For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. That goes on for a while. So he's seeing people around him that are evil prosper. How, How many people have seen that? So then he goes on to say, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? 
Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper, but what a difficult task it is. And this is where it changes. Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. And then it goes on in verse 25 to 21. Then I realized that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. That's the process of dwelling. You see the anger and frustration and the things that he was seeing, and then you see him go into God's presence and realize that there's something that's a little bit wrong in me too, and God adjusts it, and then he gets this beautiful picture of his relationship with God and how God changes his perspective to see it the way God sees it. So dwelling in his presence reminds us who he really is, that he is God, that he is all-powerful, that he's all-knowing, that he is with us at all times. Dwelling helps us understand that. So what does it take for us to be able to sit and remain in someone's presence? So if we're talking about earthly relationships, friends, family, co-workers, what do you have to do to actually get to the point where you feel really comfortable being in their presence, enough to where you sit, stay, and remain, and you feel good about it? Can you guys give me any feedback of what does it take to get to that point? Prayer. Prayer especially if they're difficult and hard to get along with. Yeah. What else? Courage. Courage to keep going in the relationship. Yeah. Anything else? Love. Very good. Yeah. Love is very important. What else? Patience. Good. What about time? Yeah. Time takes time. Anything else? Humility. Humility. Good. So there's all of these things that we're all saying, and if you line them all up, it's, it's a lot. Because it does. It takes time to get to that point. It, gets t- it takes time to get to the point where you go to someone's house, and you're fine with just going in and getting something to eat and get a drink and a water, and you know where all the extra toilet paper is, right? <laughs> it takes time to get to that place. It's not any different with God. It's not any different. Because when we first start on this journey of of having a relationship with God, when you first have that salvation experience, it can be a little awkward, right? It can be a little overwhelming. And so it just takes patience and practice and time, and eventually you get to the place where you're comfortable in in his presence. And it it gets easier, and and it gets quicker when you... It's it's quicker to find that place of peace. So I'm going to get a little personal here. What is it like for me to dwell in God's presence? 
And the reason why I'm going to tell you this is because this is something that I am still practicing and I am still learning. And it's been a long journey for me. I was actually saved when I was four. I'm almost 42. I've been saved a long time and I still don't have this completely right. So take a deep breath. It's okay. This is all about learning together. It's all about practicing together. It's about encouraging one another that this is something we need to do, but it's something that is in process. Okay? So I'm going to talk about practically, first of all, what it's like for me. I have to make a choice to do it. I'm busy. I have to make a choice to do this. And that means setting aside time, right? I have to choose to do it. But sometimes it also means stopping in the middle of the day out of absolute desperation and saying, God, I need you now or I'm not going to make it through this day. And stopping everything in that moment, even if it's just for a minute, and asking God for help. If it's really, really going to be effective to where I'm sitting and remaining, I need a quiet place. Even Jesus went away, right? All of us, especially moms, you've got people pulling on you and things happening and you need to get away. I have a Bible and a notebook and worship music with me. I may not use all of those, but they're there, ready. And then I start out with asking God what he wants me to do. So let me explain this, because yes, worship is always good. Telling God what you need is always good. Asking God for help is good. Praying for others is good. There's a lot of good parts to this. But sometimes God has something specific for me to do. So let me give you an example of this. Um, Have you heard the saying, practice what you preach? So God gave me a good opportunity this week to practice what I'm preaching right now. (laughs) So this week for me... We are ending week two, going into week three of our sewer not working correctly. So that means no laundry. That means flushing toilets only when we have to. Well, I've been hand-washing laundry, so we've been okay. Um, And um, it means paper plates and all that. And at this point, we don't have it scheduled for when it's going to get fixed. So hopefully next week. But as days go by, it's starting to get harder and harder. And um, so I had that. I'm getting used to a new job where I have to fit in hours throughout the day. So that's been added pressure. I broke out in hives and a rash all over my face, on my arms. Don't know what it was. So I was itching and I was uncomfortable and it was making me tired. And I was not sleeping well at night. It's been a crazy week. And I was driving to do my errands on Wednesday and everybody else was crazy and it wouldn't stop raining and I was so angry. (laughs) And God gave me an opportunity to practice this. And I had a choice. I can go through my day being angry or frustrated or upset or I can't change any of these things. I can't fix my sewer. I would have already. I can't make the hives go away. I don't even know why they came. I tried to get better sleep, but it didn't happen. I have no control over these things. But I do have control over going and spending time in God's presence and getting reoriented. Getting that peace, getting that grace, 
telling God that I'm angry and frustrated, allowing him to take it. I'll be honest with you, I probably could have done better. I probably could have taken more time. But there are times in the past where I would not have done it at all. And that anxiety and frustration would build and build and build and build until I felt like I was crazy. But I'm learning that this dwelling is what gets me through it. And is like pulling the stopper out of a sink that allows all that to just leave. So let me tell you what it's like emotionally for me to do this. Sometimes it's filled with joy, depending on what's going on. But more often, it's feelings of exhaustion, being overwhelmed, sadness, frustration, loneliness, fear, all of those things. Sometimes there's tears. Sometimes there's just a lot of worship. When I'm alone in my room, there is dancing, running, jumping, hands raised, clapping, on my face, laying down, on my knees. It's all kinds of stuff. It's just me and my Heavenly Father. I do a lot of singing. There's Thanksgiving which sometimes starts out really hard, but when you start, it gets better. Sometimes it's work, right? Intercession, praying for other people, praying for things going on in our family. It's Sometimes it's work on my part. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's a struggle. But allowing God to ask me, allowing God to tell me what he wants me to do is really important because this week... I've started a new thing where I have set aside on Tuesdays extra time to do this. And this Tuesday was when they were supposed to come and repair the sewer. <laughs> and so I didn't know what that was going to be like. We had to take, we were going to have to take down our back fence. They're bringing in an excavator. Um, and so I had no idea what our house was going to be like. And so I said, I'll just move it to Friday. And Friday came and I woke up. I felt awful. I was exhausted, I, the hives. <laughs> I didn't feel like doing this, but because I had changed it from my day and I had told God that I was going to do it on Friday, I'm going to do it on Friday. <laughs> that's, that's what I was feeling. But before I started, I sat down. It was after we'd taken the kids to school, and I sat down and I was like, God, I, I want to honor my word, but I do not feel like doing it. I feel terrible. I'm exhausted. You know what he said to me? He said, don't worry about it. I know your heart. I know what your intentions were. But right now it's time for me to minister to you. And so I sat there and God just poured out love and peace and grace on me. And I just sat there and took it in. And then God said, okay, go get the stuff done you need to get done. You did good. So sometimes God can even come in and change your plans or you're trying to honor something or whatever. And God may say, that's not what I want you to do right now. I want you to do this because it's what you really need. So that's why a lot of times I begin by asking God what he wants me to do. And then all those other emotions come in too. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit more about sit and remain. Dwell also means to sit in God's presence, take time, and sitting in a posture of patience. 
Sometimes I feel God's presence immediately or I get that exchange immediately. And sometimes it takes a while. And so it means remaining, not just taking time, but choosing to keep what you get in his presence even after you have stood back up. So have you ever had a time where you you get this amazing time of dwelling in God's presence and you get grace and peace and then you walk out your bedroom door or wherever you've had that time and everything's crazy and immediately all that just leaves. It's gone. (laughs) We can have a choice to remain in that, to take it with us. And sometimes it is just a choice. And that is probably something that's the hardest thing to get good at, is taking it with you when life gets gets in your way after that. Dwell also means to live or stay as in a permanent residence. To linger over, emphasize, or ponder in thought, speech, or writing. And I love this part because even Ephesians 6.18 says, And I pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So we get this thought of, what is this supposed to look like? If it's thoughts, what am I thinking? If it's speech, what, is am, I, what am I saying? In writing, I can write something down. I can have all kinds of prayers, right? I was telling you about all the emotions that I go through when I do this. Some are really good and some are really difficult. All kinds of requests. Some are for me, some are for my family, some are for you. It's all kinds of different things. Um, Dawson Trotman, founder of the ministry, The Navigator, said, Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and fingertips. I think that's so good because I know that some of you in here are amazing at writing. Do you know that it is okay to write your prayers? It's okay to say them. It's okay to sing them. Whatever it is, God created you with a personality. And what you what dwelling looks like to you is not what it looks like to me because you are different. You have different skills and abilities and you have things that make you special. That's what God wants from you. Figure out the things that really connect you with him. The most important thing is that this dwelling needs to come from a place of you wanting to have a right relationship with God and your heart, even if you're frustrated, angry at God, whatever, but you want to, let's have, let's talk this out. Let me come into your presence. Let's figure this out together. Something balanced in the word of God with you listening for him, maybe not you doing all the talking, which I do sometimes. Just being open to what God has for you. So a couple weeks ago, um, Gideon was out playing with his friend from across the street. and It was a nice day, and so I pulled our chair out, and I had a water bottle, and I had a book, and I was reading it, and I was sitting under the tree that's in front of our house, and I was facing our house. And um, I was pay- kind of paying attention to the boys, make sure they're not hitting each other or whatever, And I was concentrating on the book, and all of a sudden I see something out of the corner of my eye, and I hear a thunk. Like, what is that? And I look at my feet, and at my feet is a little baby bird. And between our row houses, there's this decorative piece. And the birds have, for several years now, worked that out, and then put a nest back there. 
But as I was sitting here, this baby bird fell. I mean, our house is tall from the roof all the way to the ground. And I'm looking at this baby that hardly has any feathers, and I'm just sickened and horrified. And God reminded me of this scripture immediately. It's from Matthew chapter 10. It says, what is the price of two sparrows? This was a sparrow, by the way. One copper coin. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. Yo, I pray over all of you. I have spent time in hospitals. I've come to your home. I have hugged you. I have stayed up late talking to you or sending texts back and forth. I have fasted for you. And I will not stop doing that. But let me tell you something. I cannot do this for you. I can do it for me, but I cannot do this for you. Please, please, please get to the point where you get what you need from God. Yes, we need encouragement. But I can't give you grace and peace. I can hug you and I can love you and I can encourage you, but it doesn't go so far. Because in the verse, God Almighty, when you go back to Psalms where it says, she who dwells in the secret place and being in the Almighty's presence, that word is Shaddai. And it means all-sufficient one, provision, sustenance, blessing, one who nourishes, supplies, and satisfies. I can't do that for you. Your husband can't do it. Your wife can't do it. Your mom can't do it. Only God can do that for you. Dwelling in God's presence is not a duty. It's not something that you check off. And maybe that is something that's in your heart, that sense of, i got to check this off. Or maybe this whole idea of dwelling in God's presence is new to you. Or maybe you grew up in a church that was very dogmatic about this is what you need to say and what you need to do when you pray, and if you go outside these lines, it's not prayer. Or maybe you've kind of known about it and you've tried and it didn't work. There's so many different ways that people can come into this idea. But I want to encourage you, it takes practice. But God, more than anything, wants to spend time with you because why were we created? Why were we created? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are dwelling together in perfect harmony. The most amazing relationship with perfect love, perfect peace, perfect grace. And they were enjoying it so much that they wanted to share it. And so they created you. They want you. God wants you to be part of that. That relationship with joy, peace, and perfect love. And this is how we get it from Shaddai. We get it by dwelling in his presence. So we're going to take the last couple minutes of this time, and I want you to, Jimmy's going to keep playing, and we're going to practice dwelling in God's presence. God is here. God is with you. God is near. And if you want prayer for this because it just seems overwhelming or uncertain, I'm happy to pray with you or talk with you, but Please, let's start out by spending just a few minutes 
You can stand, you can sit, you can walk around, whatever it is that you need to do, right? Because there's not a formula. Be comfortable and just listen to God's voice. Praise Him, thank Him, whatever it is that comes. Let's just spend a couple minutes. Thank you.